When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome everyone back to The Basement Binge and welcome to the very first episode of Animation Hall of Fave 3. So excited to be recording this episode and to be starting Animation Hall of Fave 3. If you are new here to The Basement Binge, I'm so glad you're here. Animation Hall of Fave is the official start to the podcasting year of The Basement Binge where for a few months I get to enjoy animated movies that I love or some that I've heard good things about or maybe not some good things and celebrate the format of animation and quality animated movies. This year's list includes some Pixar, DreamWorks, Studio Ghibli, some newer films that are about to be released that aren't even out yet, some other animes, and some classics that I have loved for a long time that I've wanted to review for a while on the Basin Binge. So definitely subscribe wherever you're currently listening to this. There's a lot of exciting animated episodes coming and some giveaways we're going to do throughout Animation Hall of Fave. I am extremely excited to be kicking it off this year with a recently released film, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. So let's start talking about it with the very first segment, Two Cents. This is spoiler-free, so if you haven't seen the film, we'll keep it spoiler-free until we get into it. Puss in Boots Last Wish felt like a perfect way to start Animation Hall of Fame again because this is why I love animation. This movie is a, is a perfect argument for that. Visually amazing, it's not bogged down by being too adult or serious like films sometimes have to be, while still having a powerful message and a fantastic voice cast and great performances that go along with it, while all the other technical parts of the film from the directing and the editing and the score and all those things stack up against the other greats. I love seeing studios taking animation this seriously. I've really been let down by some studios, namely Disney, and... You know, Lightyear looked amazing, but it feels so old that we've been seeing the same thing ever since Shrek came out, just like with improved image fidelity. And I love that Spider-Verse is now influencing animation, and it allows us to see wonderful creative works like Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. I love seeing people react to it and engage in it and be excited about it. The creativity and newness and innovation is being rewarded. That's exciting to me, and I wanted to be part of that reception to this great film that is Puss in Boots The Last Wish from the animation standpoint, but also just from a film standpoint. Puss in Boots genuinely, and I can't believe I'm saying this, is a celebration of animation. It looks beautiful. The voice acting is top-notch. The story is heartfelt and fun. It has great humor and a wonderful pacing. It's, it's just a good movie, animation aside. And then part of that goodness comes from the great visuals that is this animation telling a wonderful story. It's got a unique villain from this type of animated tell, it's it's not the villain that we normally get. The story has worth and doesn't feel like a franchise cash grab, which is what I thought it was going to be. And it's made even stronger by the, the great animation. Puss in Boots, it's a lot of fun. That You have a lot of fun with the character. Part of that is that we, we are familiar with this character and this fantastical universe. And it's the Shrek Puss universe is expanded. And it's, it's fun. Puss in Boots genuinely is a movie worth watching because of the care and creativity that went into creating it. And you feel it throughout every single scene. This is just a quality animated movie. I can't praise it enough. And uh, you really should go see 
Puss in Boots Last Wish. It is currently still in theaters and also on video on demand, so you can rent it at home. I think it's like 20 bucks if you want to do that or go see it in theaters. If you can see it in theaters, try and go at a time when there's going to be kids there. It makes it so much fun. I went at a time where there was kids at the theaters. It was like a Thursday or Friday during the day. I had a day off, and um, their reaction to the movie made it even more fun. I, it would have been great on my own, but being there with a bunch of kids and hearing them react to it, it made it even better. So go check out Puss in Boots if you have not seen it yet because there are so many great things to praise about this film, which we are going to in the next few segments. However, before we get into those other segments, I just want to mention how grateful I am to your patience with me as the Basin Binge episodes release have been kind of crazy. And it's great to finally, with school being so much less busy, getting into episodes finally being released if you want to check out some episodes I've been doing while I haven't been able to produce them, check out Matt Goes to the Movies, another episode I frequently join for Matt and Rob. They're great. It's linked below or Matt Goes to the Movies wherever you get podcasts. We're currently reviewing a bunch of Will Smith movies, most of which I have not seen, and it's it's really been fun. So they'll be joining me on some of these animated reviews. Check out Matt Goes to the Movies wherever you get podcasts. Now, during Animation Hall of Fame, which is going to go into April, and we'll have some other films that aren't animated sneaking in between to time up with releases that are happening in theaters, like Creed, which I'm really excited about. Uh, But during Animation Hall Fave, I want to reward you who are listening and enjoying The Basin Binge because I really so sincerely enjoy you. So during the months from now, whenever you're listening to this, all the way to April 30th, the end of the month, is a Sunday. So we're going all the way through April with this review window. So if you leave a review on The Basement Binge on Podchase or on Apple Podcasts, you will be entered for a giveaway to win one of the movies reviewed during Animation Hall of Fave 3, one of the movies of your choice. So here's how you enter. You simply leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or Podchaser. The reason that I recommend Podchaser is because you can leave more than one review. I'll explain to you how. While on Apple Podcasts and other things, you can only review the Basement Binge as a whole. One review for the entire show. Podchaser allows you to review and leave a rating out of five stars on each episode. So go to podchaser.com slash thebasementbinge or podchaser.com and search for The Basement Binge. It will also be linked below. When you get to The Basement Binge page, you can click on the Episodes tab or scroll down to where it says Recent Episodes, and then it will have those star ratings beneath whatever the episode title is. You can click on the stars and uh, leave your rating. If you leave a rating on an episode, on any episode of The Basement Binge between now and April 30th, it will enter you into a giveaway to win one of the Animation Hall of Fave 3 episodes from this year the movie of your choice which i'm excited to give away so they're great movies coming up i'm gonna enjoy them and i want you to be able to leave a review helps out the show a lot that's been a long enough announcement leave those reviews linked below podchaser.com slash the basement binge so you can win a free movie on to the next segment pick your poison pick your poison is speaking of ratings the rating scale here at the basement binge where we talk about the bingeability of the film and how likely are we to see it again and I would like your thoughts about this. The Pick Your Poison in the last episodes with Matt and Rob, we've kind of talked about how purchasing movies is different and maybe Pick Your Poison needs to evolve because currently the rating goes from four options. Would you never watch it again? Straightforward. Would you stream it? Meaning it's on a service you're already paying for and uh, you're just looking for someone to watch your browsing and you'd be willing to click on it just when you're looking for something to watch. Above that, you'd rent it. You'd pay, you know, the three or four dollars to rent it digitally or from Redbox or however you rent your movies and, uh, you know, pay a few bucks to watch it. Or top of the list currently is to buy it. And maybe this rating scale will change, but currently that's how it goes. 
So for me to pick my poison, to rate this on that scale of four, this is definitely a movie that I'm going to buy. I'm already planning on buying it. I'm waiting for it to come out on Blu-ray so I can buy it. I really want to get those bonus features and see how this was made. It's it's hard to find details about this production online besides just the very generic, it's animated in a unique way type of details. They're hard to find, so I want to get those bonus features. But also, this is a movie that I just know I'm going to be watching over and over again. Very similarly to the Spider-Verse, I'm going to enjoy this over again. I can't wait to enjoy it with my wife. She didn't go with me when I went and saw it. And it's just a quality film that I know I'm going to enjoy over and over again because it's lighthearted. It's not too long. It's like 90 minutes or something. The animation is spectacular. And it's just like an uplifting movie that when it's over, you just feel good about yourself. And uh, it's a powerful message. Just everything that I love about movies and movie making Puss in Boots, The Last Wish delivers. And so I am going to see it again and share it with other people and show it to my kids. You know, I hope this is the animated movie that maybe they're obsessed with. Who knows? I don't have any kids yet. But uh, it is a movie that I will be buying and watching over and over and over again. There's my rating for Puss in Boots. So on to the next segment, Live Up, which you're probably already have some ideas about. Live Up is where I talk about my expectations for the film going in and if it was able to live up to the expectations, hence the name. And for some reason, my expectations going into this movie were absolutely none. It was a movie that I was going to completely avoid. I wasn't ever going to see it. I haven't seen the first Puss in Boots movie. Don't know if I will. Um, for some reason, I thought this movie had was meant to be released in like 2020. And doing research, it wasn't. But for some reason, I feel like I remember seeing promotions for this during the pandemic era of movies. And I just thought it was delayed because of COVID's release days switching around as much as they did. So I just kind of expected it to be bad. And for that reason, I was just going to ignore it. It was just, you know, another cash grab from the Shrek universe. Don't really care. And then I saw the trailer. I was not seeking it out. I think it played at a movie I went to go see. I don't remember, but I saw the trailer and I was like, wow, this just looks different. Uh, Just from seeing the trailer, it looked different and did some quick research and decided it was worth my time and heard other people's reactions, and I thought, you know what? If this is really what I think it actually is, this is how Animation Hall of Fave 3 is going to start, because this film was released in, like, December of 2022. If I remember right, I should probably have looked that up. It was released, yeah, December 21st, 2022. So just at the end of the year, it was released, and uh, I hadn't seen it. The new year was coming around, and I was planning on seeing it in the new year at the beginning of the year, and I thought hey, I'm going to be seeing an animated movie that supposedly is really, really good. What a great way to start Animation Hall of Fave. Um, And so that was kind of the weird mix of expectations I had going in. And I knew that it had good reviews, uh, good criticism about it visually and the animation. People had described it as being like Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, the animation style. But I was still nervous that I was was going to set myself up for disappointment. Uh, you know, even if the animation did deliver, that it would be kind of overdone, that it would be trying too hard, trying to to follow in the footsteps of Spider-Verse, or that even if it was visually good, that the story would just not match and it would just, you know, look great, but be a soulless movie, which is what I thought it was in the first place. Nonetheless, I got my tickets, and for some reason, as the time drew closer, I found myself becoming increasingly excited about the movie and then I sat down, had my nerds rope, which I get every single time I go see a movie, and uh, sat in a theater with a bunch of kids and their parents. I was by myself, <laughs> a weirdo in the movie theater, and the movie started, and I loved it, every second of it. From the beginning, just immediately, 
exceeds my expectations. The, this Puss in Boots, because we're in a spoiler suit, the way that it starts with with the music and you know Puss in Boots immediately dying and just the, the action with him fighting that uh, giant and how it's animated, it just it really sets the tone and the pace and the vibe for the movie from the get-go, and it sets it off right in a great way. Um, Antonio Banderas, he is exceptional as Puss in Boots. The voice acting from him and everyone else is exceptional. And so you just, you get into the movie right off the bat and it's fun and it, and it just starts with the right energy and goes. My expectations were exceeded completely. I don't know how to express it more, how this story and the sincerity of Puss, you, you kind of this existential crisis of what what am I going to do if I can't live the way that I thought that I could because life is fleeting and the sincerity that goes along and that it doesn't try to unnecessarily connect itself to Shrek and that it's just, it's hard to describe how much this really lived up to my expectations. Part of that is that I saw it so long ago, like two weeks ago, that's not that long, Um, but just the villain is so unique. I did not expect that from the story that, that it really feels menacing the wolf does in the way that it he threatened that he is death death is menacing and i liked how real it was and how i said that it wasn't this at the beginning but how adult like it handled that theme it didn't make it unnecessarily lighthearted. it it made it safe for kids i think i don't have kids but i think while also not making light of something serious and on top of this journey that Puss has to go on, we get some great laughs. Like the humor fits really, really well, um, it, but it's not forced and it doesn't overstay its welcome. There's not a single scene that dragged out that I was like, oh my gosh, can we move on? You know, when he becomes uh, Pickles and stays there and grows a beard, like he was there the perfect amount of time and it went the way that we expected and then he was, then he was on his way. And I just, I like how that goes and I like that this this other cat, Soft Paws, gets involved and Perito comes with him. It's just the pacing and the continual storytelling of the film just really, really works. While you're enjoying this, enjoying this exceptionally animated film that just looks remarkable, this painterly style really is just great to watch. And that was the other thing that really exceeded my expectations. Um, as people were saying, oh, it's like the Spider-Verse. I'm glad that they're taking inspiration from the Spider-Verse. And also, as the director mentioned, other things like Akira, which is a great animated movie. Uh, while not trying to be those things. They're doing their own thing. Um, this painterly vibe that that matches this tone of a fairy tale really well, while also staying within like the hyper-realistic fur detail that DreamWorks is good at. And, and we get exceptional lighting, we get exceptional fur, the, the rigging of the characters, it, it just, you know, the backgrounds, everything. It just, it looks amazing. And uh, while not ever trying to be something that it's not, it it is its own thing entirely. And it made me enjoy the animation even more. You know, if it was just copy paste of the Spider-Verse, I could still enjoy it because that's great. But that it is its own thing and that it's its own thing intentionally. The way that the Spider-Verse is like comics, this is like a fairy tale storybook with painted images. It matches and they tell a story that matches it as well. And it it completely lived up to such an extent that maybe... I, it wasn't initially in the schedule, but as I'm sitting here recording, I'm th- going to try and find a way to potentially get bad guys, the bad guys into Animation Hall of Fame 3, just to give that a shot, uh, which was also produced by Universal and has its own 
you know, new animation style that's innovative. And, you know, we'll give that a shot if we have time for it. Because Puss in Boots, The Last Wish exceeded my expectations so much. So, yeah, I, I, if you can't tell, I really, really like this movie. So let's keep talking about it. Let's evaluate if it is going to enter the Hall of Fave. Before we do that, here's a brief ad break. Thanks for your patience. Can't control what you're about to listen to, but I'll be right back. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, thanks for being patient with that interruption. On to the next segment, Lame, Fave, or Fame. Hello, everybody. You're all right. Come on down. Come on down. Thank you. Okay. What we talk about in this animation hall of fave or fame is a movie lame where it just doesn't deserve any mention. It's forgettable in every way. Is it a fave where I reckon this is something that just I really enjoy while I recognize not everybody else does or, or has to and doesn't have to be remembered. It's just, you know, kind of my favorite. Or is it fame where I love it, I recognize the greatness of it, and it should be recognized for the greatness that it is. And this is a weird movie that, that you know, if this came first, before the Spider-Verse, it, it, it would 100%, without doubt, be fame. With it coming third, if you include the bad guys, it, it's less immediately to fame. However... I'm going to include it in fame nonetheless because it deserves to be there as Spider-Verse continues to champion the change of animation and change the perception that animation can be as a medium for storytelling. I'm going to continue to reward films that follow that innovation and, and are inspired by it while doing their own thing. Uh, and the the work that was required to achieve what they did they're, this isn't Sony Animation. They don't have the research and development. They don't have the technology that Sony developed. They're, they're doing it themselves. And, and from what I read, there was a lot of collaboration between the bad boys team or the bad guys team and, and the Puss in Boots team and, and having to collaborate in a way that would make it possible from a, like a technological standpoint. Um, that's impressive. It's animation that deserves fame. Just, just visually, technically, what is required to make the animation what it is, this painterly 2D style that matches this fairy tale so well by not, but also not being 2D and being this wonderful combination. Um, that combined with a good story that, that really lives up to everything that animation can be, I think deserves fame. I, I, I did not think I would say this, and, and even as I wrote the script for this episode, I felt kind of apprehensive, but now, but now I feel competent. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, deserves to be remembered among the classics of animation. It deserves to be continually praised and not just immediately forgotten. There's so many wonderful animated films films that, that, that they come out and they're celebrated and they win an Oscar or they're nominated for an Oscar and then they're quickly forgotten. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish is an animated movie that I hope we don't stop talking about. Now, do we need to talk about it all the time? No. Is it going to be my go-to recommendation? you know, for everybody. No, because I think a lot of people have already seen it. But it's one that I think deserves to stay, stick around, not just in the Hall of Fave, but in the Hall of Fame. So 
Moving on through that segments here into binge points. These are Easter eggs, details, behind the scenes, trivia, those types of things we love to get into, which I was really excited to talk about. I love doing this with animation and researching how the animation happened. And oh my gosh, it is so hard to find details about this film's production. There's a lot of interviews that the cast and crew and the director and the production designer have done, but they speak in a way that's very cryptic and very limited. What I can say, though, as a binge point, is, and also like Easter eggs and things like that, the only one that I notice is when Goldilocks, first off, what a great addition to this fairy tale world, Goldilocks. That She matches the vibe perfectly. And the design for her and the animation of her little feather skirt thing, I don't know if you noticed that, but technically that is very impressive. Um, but anyway, the, the thing that I noticed is when she opens the book, well, when does she open the book? Why can't her? Anyway, she opens a book. And uh, in like the little library slip thing that most kids probably don't know what that is, uh, that showed who, you know, had it in the past. Um, it was like Hansel and Gretel and Humpty Dumpty, I think was the other one. You know, just a fun little detail there that was only binge point ahead. But beyond that, the production and the behind the scenes details, all that I have really been able to get it concretely and confident beyond just, wow, look how different this is visually and how they really went for a painterly style. I've been saying that enough. To make that happen, it is way more than just pressing a button on the animation thing and turning down the dial from realistic to painterly. It required coordination from production design to the animation, from like the animation coloring to the animation rigging to the lighting to the visual effects animation, the 3D animation covered up with 2D animation, the rigs and the animations moving on ones or twos depending on the scene to match the fluidity of the characters, the style all over the place. They did all these layers of lighting and animation and fur and fur detail and fur lighting and then would have to cover that up in, uh, in a hand-drawn 2D animation painterly type look and blend it in a way that isn't one and it's not the other. It, it really... Is fascinating, and I can't wait to get more details because in the interview, the few details that we do have are spoken at such a high level that most of it's going over my head because I'm not an animator, and I don't know what these things are. I'm excited to get more details about this film as time goes on and how this was done. Um, you know, and obviously film studios aren't just going to release all their secrets, uh, but it's impressive nonetheless and and opened my eyes to the world of animation that it, that is, it is so much more complex than we think. There are so many steps in the process that that most of us and probably all of us never think about when watching an animated movie. We're just thinking about the movie. We're not thinking about the person having to design the rig, draw the character, plan the scene and the editing and the pacing of it. And once they get the edit to then animate accordingly, uh, the high level detail pass over um, the character rigging and then the hot, the the fur simulations and then the lighting and then the visual effects and then the all of these things, I'm probably missing some things and misexplaining because, again, I'm not an animator and I don't work in the industry as much as I would like to. It's just remarkable. The the unity that was behind the production of this, which is something that I love to see. If you have other binge points about this movie because I could not find any, please comment them and let me know or you can send me an email. You can message me on social media, all of that linked below. I'd love to hear the details and binge points you know about Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. So on to the second to last segment here, least and likes. My least favorite scene and my favorite scene. Least favorite scene was kind of hard to pick because there's 
genuinely not one part of the film that stood out to me as a negative. The only thing that I can say is that sometimes the character of Jack Harper felt a bit unnecessary, and I and it's been like I said two weeks since I've seen it, so I'm curious how that might change on a rewatch. Um, because the, the film could have worked without him. He's he's not an unnecessary addition. He doesn't so not not that Jack Harper was like an unnecessary character. Not that he takes the story away. He definitely adds things to it in a fun way. And I like some of the scenes he's in, like particularly with the cricket. That is hilarious. Um, and you know the magic objects that he has. It's it's good fun. And there's tons of Easter eggs in there. But I just found myself becoming so invested in Puss and Softpaws and Goldilocks and the Three Bears and Perito and the Wolf that when we were with him, I was excited to get back to the others. However, because the Wolf isn't like your typical traditional villain that needs a demise at the end and Goldilocks isn't that either, we needed someone to fill in that in some capacity, um, especially in a more children's-focused movie. So, so I understand his presence and he's... Again, it's not that I want him gone completely, just for the mainly for the purpose of finding something that I liked the least, that is what I would say. But it is so minimal and mainly something that I had to search my brain for to find something for this category. However, like some films, I can't find something and, and the, it was there, so I'm being honest about it. But to talk about my favorite, my like, literally everything else about the movie. I liked every moment of the movie. I already talked about the opening with a musical number. Antonio Banderas' performance, Salma as um, Soft Paws. We get Florence Pugh as Goldilocks. Uh, the voice acting in this is exceptional. Antonio Banderas has such a charm as Puss in Boots that I really love. And uh, just the funness of the film, the, the, the lighthearted humor that, that goes so well, the relationship between Soft Paws and Puss, uh, Perito being adorable, you know, the, the, and the, the sincerity of him that, you know, his map is nice and, and easy and theirs is horrible because they need refining and he does not. Uh, I already mentioned the cr cricket scene. The wolf, if I'm going to pick one scene, both scenes with him when he fights Puss, particularly the star and then also his immediate introduction. It's so well done. And the animation, I like can I have those scenes printed out to put them on my wall? Like genuinely remarkable, exceptionally well animated film uh, section of the movie. And uh, it, it, it looks incredible and thematically works so well and story-wise is doing so much. It's a fantastic villain, fantastic hero, great animation, good music coming with it. It, it is just the culmination of everything I love about the movie and about animation happening at once. Uh, in a really exciting and new and innovative way in, in happening in ways that I didn't think I was going to see in this movie. And it just, it, it just exceeds anything I could have thought it was and delivers everything I love about animation. And is another proof that, that animation is not a genre. It is just another format to do exceptional things with. And I love that that format is being innovated once again and not the same product over and over and over again like we are getting at Disney. As visually impressive and technically impressive as those films might be from Disney and Pixar, they're beginning to lack. And so I love that other studios are, are taking up that creativity and doing lots of great things with it. Now, talking about it now and imagine it, I just, I want to go see this movie again. So maybe I will because it's that good. So let's move on to the next segment because I haven't praised this film enough. The final segment, Fall In. This is where we talk about the messages or the meaning of the film, the thematic value. As my dad always said, what is the moral of the story? 
And this is something that I was not expecting this film to deliver on to the way that it did. Like I talked about in Live Up, I was expecting good animation and and even good voice acting. You know, that kind of just like subconsciously my brain expected that because it's Antonio Banderas and Puss in Boots. Um, but I was not expecting a, this story of this somatic value and this thematic impact. Even if the story would have been good, in my expectations, I did not expect it to have this heartfelt of a message, this, this message that's important and valuable and so sincere and authentic. Uh, and it really, really surprised me. This idea of wishing and kind of wanting things in the covetous, wanting world that we live in, um, missing what's right there in front of us, uh, taking for granted what we have, because we think we need something else. Um, there's nothing wrong with recognizing what you need and, and wishing and hoping and dreaming after something. Um, but to the point, those can distract us like it did for Goldilocks in this film, wanting a real, and I'm air-quoting that, that you can't hear, you can't hear an air-quote, um, wanting a real family at the expense of her real bear family and, and missing out on the, all the goodness that that is because she believes what she wants will be better that somehow it can deliver more um and to a lesser extent puss learning having to learn that one life worth living with good people is better than eighth lives you can be capable of losing um the idea of living for individuals and for people that you love and living for value instead of laughing in the face of death um you know being afraid of death which allows you to not be afraid of death because you are willing to fight against death for the purpose of living. Uh, that's just a cool message in and of itself. Um, learning to value that because of the people around you and the value that they bring to your life as short or as limited as it may be to get existential here. But then on top of that, this idea of wishing and learning to not wish, learning to appreciate what you have. And I think Jack Harper is a good foil to this of not learning to appreciate what he has. Like he truly is the most magical being, at least in this film, and yet believes that he needs more um, because what he has is, is not enough. But what he does have is, is something that the bears are so envious to have. And so when he leaves, they will gladly take it in his place, which is a great thing. Um, you know, that's, that's a part of the movie that I really like. But it's just a, pow a powerful message to learn that individuals around you can deliver the things that oftentimes you feel you need. And as part of that, I would say learning to find the individuals who give you that. Um, Perito is a good example. He was looking out for friends. He was finding friends. He didn't wait for someone to come to him. He sought out friends. and. Uh, he found them by being a good friend himself first, which now that I think about it, what a powerful message that is, that he was a good friend and in return received good friends. He, he started it. He didn't wait around for others. Uh, just a wonderful combination of messages all working together to understand that what we have really truly can be enough um, and that we can be the individuals to bring out the good in others to give us the things that we want and the things that we need. And... Uh, yeah, I got really emotional at the end of the film because it's just, it's so sincere. And so, who, who can't 
benefit from hearing that and being reminded of what we have and how enough it truly is and learning to appreciate it. Uh, everyone can benefit from that. And it was just told so sin- sincerely you can't help but feel the emotion of it. And I just genuinely loved it. And I was just also just full of so many other positive emotions in how much I enjoyed this film that it just it came out through my eyeballs. And uh, I'm excited to watch this movie again. I'm excited to watch it with someone else, mainly my wife, to see what she thinks of it. So if if you have, have listened to this episode all the way through and not yet seen the movie, thanks for listening. But you should definitely go see the movie. Uh, if you have seen it, I'd love to hear your thoughts and put some boots on that review you leave on Podchaser to enter that giveaway. You can let me know your thoughts. Additionally, you can email the show bingebasement at gmail.com. Everything is linked below. All the social medias where you can connect with the Basement Binge. Make sure you're subscribed, though, for some great episodes coming on other animated movies, which I'm really, really excited about. This was a fantastic start to Animation Hall of Fave 3, and I'm glad that it started this way because we are off on a good note, and it's just going to keep going this way because we got some great films in store, which I'm really excited about. So thank you for listening to this episode. If you haven't heard it enough, this is The Basement Binge. My name is Harrison. That's all for now. Ciao, ciao.